When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? The No Huddle Show here from the NovaCare. Getting ready for Sunday's game. And today we're joined, instead of Matt, Matt's already out living that Cali life over in uh, flying out to California for the Chargers game. I'm here with Joe Giglio, and we're going to talk about the game. So, Joe, what's going on? Excited to uh, have you on. This is the first time you've done a preview on with us. Yeah, I'm excited to do this one. Matt gets to uh, go out to California early. Me and you are stuck on the East Coast, but uh, <laughs> that's all right. Uh, you'll be there, and I'll be watching. And uh, and this, Elliot, and we're going to get into a lot of the news from the week and the injuries and the game and the matchups. I just think this is maybe the more, most difficult game on the schedule, maybe all year. I mean, we'll see as the year wow. goes on. But it's just I find this game really hard to predict um, just with a lot of different factors I'm sure we'll get into. No, I agree. I think I have ultimately, I, mean, I guess I'll say my prediction now. I think I've decided I'm going to pick the Eagles, but who knows? By the time we're done talking, maybe I'll change my mind. But I agree. It is a super tough game to pick. Unfamiliar opponent on the road, coming off an emotional win. Chargers 0-3, but I think the Eagles are either underdogs by a point or only favored by a point. So the Vegas line's a little weird that way. So as always, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about the matchups. But one thing I wanted to say before we start was I've been reading the iTunes reviews. I appreciate them, even though some of them are a little mean. That last one I thought was a little harsh, but it's all good. We love your five-star reviews. But what I really wanted to say was we're at 88, so let's get to 100. We need 12 more to get to 100. That'd be really cool. So if you're listening to us on YouTube, go to your iTunes app, uh, your, your podcast app. We're on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. Subscribe. But then also leave us those reviews. I want to get to 100 reviews. Just selfishly, I want to get to 100. So go in there and leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Um, all right, cool. Let's talk about it, Joe. Where do you want to start? You want to, you want to start with the offense or the defense? Let's start with the offense. Um, all right. Just because off of last week, the offense took some criticism uh, for kind mm-hmm. of the way uh, some of the play calls went, which we always talk about. But also the, the offense... I thought had a really good day when you consider everything. I mean, the Giants hadn't given up 27 points at 350 yards in a game in a year outside the playoff game they lost in Green Bay, but no regular season game in a full year. The Eagles did that to them. I mean, we've seen some of the stats this week. I know, Elliot, you've you've seen them and probably include them in a lot of the things you've written. I mean, the Eagles are right now statistically a top 10 offense going up against a Chargers defense that has, I don't know if they're great, but they certainly have two star pass rushers. Yeah, and so right, we I just came from Doug's press conference, and outside of the news from that, which is Fletcher Cox will not be playing, Jalen Watkins won't be playing, Corey Graham won't be playing, Destiny Vea won't be playing. So the the more losses, obviously, they're on the defense. Um, but in the press conference, an interesting question was asked by Howard Eskin. He said, and he had a stat in it. He said, since Doug took over as head coach, only two teams in the NFL have scored more than have more games where they've scored twenty plus points the Patriots and the Falcons, and then third's the Eagles. So, 
you know, for all the criticism Doug gets, he, I mean, obviously the, the points come from defense and special teams as well, but this Eagles offense has been pretty consistent. And I agree with you. I think that this week it's, it is a good matchup in some ways, but the one area, and we'll start with this, that concerns me about the Eagles offense is their offensive line versus the Chargers defensive line. Doug talked today about how Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram might be two of the best defensive ends this team will face all year, and they're both on the same team. Now, the good news for the Eagles is they just face some pretty good defensive ends and Olivier Vernon and Jason Pierre-Paul. And I thought Jason Peters and Lane Johnson played really well. Um, according to Pro Football Focus, they didn't give up a single uh, a single hurry, let alone a sack. So I thought they played very well. I think Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are probably better than those two. Uh, what do you think, Joe? Uh, they probably are. I don't know if they're as good against the run because I think both Vernon and JPP are they do both well, even though the Eagles mm-hmm. ran the ball well last week. Um, but as pass rushers, they probably are. I mean, Ingram has five and a half sacks already. I don't think Vernon's ever been a guy that's you know been a 10, 12, 14 sack guy. He's more just a really good player. Um, but Ingram's unreal. And Bosa, since he came in the league, has been unreal. And Elliot, I saw something last week. You know, I was watching some um, some clips on, on Twitter where guys got, kind of break down film. And I saw one where they had Ingram and Bosa lined up together on the same side and how yeah. that was just causing havoc for the Chiefs. Um, I'm sure Doug has seen that on tape. I mean, that's that's a challenge, though. I mean, I, I can't imagine having to try to block both those guys on one side and obviously on a passing down to go get Carson Wentz. That that will be a challenge. They're going to be they're going to be a big challenge. It'll be interesting to see, too. I mean, with all the question marks Eagles have at left guard um, this week, they've been having uh, not Isaac Sayamalu. I'll say that much. They seem have to have zero interest in putting him out on the field. But uh, Stefan Wisniewski and Chance Warmack have been rotating in at left guard. Um, it seems like Warmack will probably start, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did that rotating thing again like they did against the Giants, which I personally think is a dumb idea. I think you put someone in there. And if he's not getting the job done, put the other guy in and keep him in there. I mean, I think this rotating thing's a little weird. But if they do do that, where they put um, Ingram and Bosa on, this, Bosa on the same side, it wouldn't surprise me if they did that on the on the side where they would be taking on the left guard. Because as good as Jason Peters did play last week, I still think he, at this point of his career, is not good as Lane Johnson uh, as, as he is on the right side. So if you're going to have Bosa and Ingram on the same side of the line going against Peters and uh, – Peters and Warmack, I think that's not a matchup the Eagles will like. Obviously, I think that's a bit that would be a big advantage for, for the Chargers. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It would. And I'm sure they're going to try to find the weakness and, and put those two pass rushers over there and use it. And um, mm-hmm. I guess the question is going to be again. I mean, we do this every week, but we wonder how much Doug's going to run the ball. They ran it a ton last week. Yeah. But ne- I always think during a game, Elliot, you can get through an injury and you can you can mask it. And some of it's adrenaline. Some of it is guys just kind of stepping up. This is going to be the first full week. They can't game plan with Darren Sproles. I mean, this is, it's been a long time. The Eagles have always seemingly had Darren Sproles on game day as a part of this thing. And now officially, obviously he's, he's not. Yeah. And I mean, even in terms of the pass rush versus the Eagles offensive line, like it's not a knock on the Eagles offensive line. I just think you would have to give the advantage to the chargers defensive line, just because their defensive ends are so good. I think the Eagles offensive line is capable of holding their own. So just, but I would probably go to the edge I would probably give the Chargers a slight advantage there. But when you talk about just the Eagles offensive line in terms of the running game versus the Chargers defensive line, the Chargers defensive line has not been good. And I know that the linebackers are including that as well, but the Chargers run defense has not been very good. Uh, 31st in the league right now in rushing defense. Now they have played some good running teams. Um, They played the Chiefs with Kareem Hunt and the Miami Dolphins. So they've played some good running teams, but Eagles are coming off putting up 193 yards. I think that's a bit of a mirage. 
but at least you saw the Eagles team that is capable of running the ball when they have to against a bad team. I'm not saying this is the Eagles team that is going to be able to run the ball in late December and into January, but I think the Eagles showed against the Giants that if they have to run it, they should be able to. And I think that's a major advantage for them this week. I think the Eagles this year on a larger scale are going to win the games where they run the ball because I think the passing offense is good enough. And I think they'll be able to. Win. I think they will be able to run the ball this week. Um, the loss of Sproles is a big one, I think, but I think it's being a little overstated because last week I know he got hurt early, but you know he hasn't. He really wasn't playing that much. You're really relying on Blunt and Smallwood, so I think they'll still be able to run the ball this week against the Chargers. Yeah, I do too. And you know, it's weird. The Chargers, we, we talk about these names, and we'll get to the offensive names. They have big ones there too. It feels like they're a top-heavy team where it's like, yeah. There's like five or six really good players that you walk in every game like, uh-oh, you're playing the Chargers. And then you watch them, and it's like the other players on the team aren't very good. This is why I think they lose all the time and lose close games because those other players get exposed. I'm with you. I think the Eagles are going to run it well. Um, what's the latest on Kelsey? Because I know he was held out yeah, of practice so- one day. Because I-, I thought last week, Elliot, he played – one of his best games in a long time. And I'm always critical of Kelsey, but I, he was good last week. Yeah, well, I this can be a, a topic for another podcast, but I think Kelsey is like so irrationally ripped in this town. Um, I think he played really well against the Giants last week. And I think over the past, you know, 19 games since Doug's gotten here, he's played mostly at a high level. I, you know, I know he started the season off slow last year, but he played really well towards the end. Um, played, I think he's played very well this season, but you're right. I mean, on Wednesday, he didn't practice. Doug called it a rest day. Um, but then he was listed on the injury report with a knee injury. So, um, you know, he did have a wrap on his, like a sleeve on his leg at practice, but he was a full participant in practice on Thursday. Um, as we're recording this now on Friday, they haven't practiced, but I would assume that he is going to practice and I think he'll play. Um, I'm not saying he's a hundred percent, but I don't think, uh, I don't think it's something fans should be concerned about when, you know, breaking down this game. So, Kelsey's healthy. We know the issues at left guard. All right, let's make our decision here. Eagles offensive line versus Chargers defensive line. Who do you give the edge to there? I'm going to give it overall to the Eagles offensive line. I think they're going to be able to run it well, and I think Doug will scheme it up enough to to mitigate the pass rush. But I say that knowing that Ingram and Bosa are probably going to get Wentz a couple times. I think it's just a matter of overall, I like the Eagles offensive line in this one. Yeah, I think that's where I'm going to land, too. Um, as I said, I think it's pass rushers, the Chargers have the edge. But when you factor in the running game, you factor in the middle of the offensive line versus middle of the Chargers defensive line. I think the Eagles have the slight edge, but slight. I don't think it's it's really heavy one way or the other. So I'll give it to the Eagles there. All right, let's talk about now. We'll stay on the Eagles offensive side of the ball. The Eagles receivers versus the Chargers defensive backs. Um, Joe, I'll let you go first on that one. Well, the, the, well, here's the one matchup I think I, I just keep coming back to. And I watched the Chargers play the full first game, the Monday night game against uh, Denver to open the season. Mm-hmm. And I've caught bits of them in the last couple of weeks. You know, obviously they've been playing around the time the Eagles games have been ending and they've been in close games. Their safeties aren't good. They have pretty good no. corners. And I'm sure we'll talk about the receivers. I think this, I mean, I don't want to call it a breakout game because it's dumb because Ertz always has good games, it seems like. But this might be the game where Zach Ertz, Maybe nationally people start talking about the year he's having. Maybe fans who are always on Zach Ertz back off Zach Ertz. I just think Zach Ertz could have a big game this week because their safeties aren't good. I think they'll be they'll, they'll get the ball to him in the middle of the field and maybe he'll be able to run after the catch. I think that's a big advantage for the Eagles. That, that's the one thing that stands out to me is Ertz can make some plays against this team. Yeah, and there's – I mean – 
Wentz has shown he's certainly willing to throw it to Ertz. That's the thing. I mean, he's probably going to get, no matter who they play, even if they're facing a team that has great safeties, he's going to get nine or ten targets a game. Against a team like this, he'll get at least that. So I agree Ertz could have a big game. Um, in terms of the Eagles receivers versus the cornerbacks, the uh, the Chargers start Casey Hayward and uh, Trevor Williams. Um, decent cornerbacks, uh, pro football focus, who I believe in. Other people don't have to, but they, they're not too high on them. Um the Eagles receivers have not played very well so far this season. I mean, that's just a fact. I have a story on NJ.com this morning kind of comparing the Eagles receivers this year through three games to the Eagles receivers last year through three games. And the Eagles receivers last year have the same amount of touchdowns that the Eagles receivers do this year. They have more catches and the same amount of drops in less targets. So I know it's only three games, and you know you can debate the teams the Eagles have played this year are better than they did to start the year last year, and that's true. But I think so far this season, the Eagles haven't seen a remarkable or a significant improvement from their receiving core considering the money that they've invested. So it'll be interesting to see, I mean, the first three weeks, you face good cornerbacks um, and good defensive teams. I agree with you. This, this is a week where you really want to see the Eagles receivers kind of step up and earn that $15 million. I mean, Alshon got nine and a half. Torrey Smith got five and a half. Let's go out and see them kind of dominate. Um, you know, this will be the fourth game that they've played with Wentz. And, you know, but last year, the Eagles receivers, they were new to Wentz, too. So I don't think you can really give that argument when comparing the units. But just versus the Chargers, I think this is a clear advantage for the Eagles. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not Alshon, Torrey Smith, and Aguilar can take advantage of it. That's interesting you, you, what you mentioned about the receivers and the story you wrote. I feel like a lot of times wide receivers, unless it's like this you know, a, a Beckham or a T.O. where you notice every mm-hmm. single play they have, I feel like we don't talk about what they do unless things go wrong. Like I'm trying to bring my mind back to last year, Elliot, when they were three and Oh, I don't yeah. think you were writing. I don't think we were talking on the podcast about how bad the wide receiving core was until no. the team started losing games. And we're like, wait, why? And they're like, Oh wow. There's these guys stink. It has been mass. They haven't made many plays. Now, I no. think part of it might be because Carson's missed a couple that would have probably changed their stats significantly. You know, week one to Torrey Smith and last week to Alshon. if he hits those deep passes, we're, we're having a different conversation because the stats would just be totally different than last year. But you're right. They they haven't been great. And we're not talking about it because the team's two and one. Well, and I think I mean, I think, all right, first of all, that that throw he missed to Alshon. I'm not taking anything away from Alshon here, which will surprise people since everyone thinks I hate him. But yeah, you're just, like Alshon's uh, least biggest fan ever. I know. He's my new Bradford. But um, <laughs> so like, I mean, if you just look at that play, though. Like, they could have sent Marcus Johnson down the field on that play. I mean, Alshon didn't exactly, like, shake Janoris Jenkins, get open, fight past the safety to get wide open. He literally just ran straight untouched. So that was a breakdown of the Giants. So I just, you know, when you talk about these plays, Torrey Smith has really struggled catching the ball. I think he has three or four drops already. Had a drop touchdown against the Chiefs. Um, I'm not denying Carson Wentz's deep ball actually hasn't been good. But I think if you talk about the team's inability to throw the ball deep, I think everyone throws the majority of that blame on Carson. I think the receivers, they they should have they they deserve just as much blame. So it'll be interesting to see against the Chargers because you know when you talked about the safeties, you mentioned Ertz, but that the the Chargers' poor safeties is going to help as well. I mean, um, they should be able, Torrey Smith should be able to be able to get behind these guys. Um, so I would you know I think Wentz has completed. Uh, four, four or five passes over 20 plus yards so far this season. Um, he should have at least three this week. I mean, the Chargers have do not have a good secondary. I think I have it written down right here. They're uh, they're fifth overall in passing defense. That doesn't actually help, but they haven't played great passing teams. Um, but I still think that you know, just going off the Eagles receivers versus the 
uh, Chargers secondary. I'm going to give the advantage to the Eagles receivers there. I am too, and I, I think that it's going to start to be a big thing if they don't have a, ga- a big game this week. Like if they do, if they lose this game where it's close, I think it's going to be close. And Tuesday, when we're doing our reaction podcast, or right after the game when you and Matt do your in- initial instant reaction podcast, mm-hmm. if the Eagles don't make big plays down the field, there's going to be a big conversation next week. Either it's still Carson missing these guys, or it's more what you're getting at, that maybe these guys aren't making the plays for him that they were signed to make. Yeah, and we'll see how many people are up in my Twitter mentions at that point ripping me. If they oh, there'll be a lot. I'm not sure. <laughs> <Yeah. about> <laughs> All right, so I think we're both agreeing the Eagles receivers have the advantage there. So, so far, we're leaning Eagles. Um, we'll see, you know, at the end who you end up picking. But, all right, so let's talk about – I know they don't obviously face up, face against each other, but Carson Wentz versus Phillip Rivers. Who do you give the edge to in that one? It's, it's a good question. I, I think it's about even because – Rivers still makes plays, but man, the one thing he does uh, lately, the last, I guess, year, year and a half now, is he throws the ball to the other team a lot. I mean, the Eagles are going to have to capitalize on this and not drop these interceptions, but just based on the last two years, it feels like once or twice a game, he is throwing the football to the other team. And, and Carson hasn't done that this year. Carson has been much better at protecting the football through the air this year. He still fumbles a little bit, but um, that's the one thing. I, I still think Rivers is the better quarterback, but the turnovers kind of make that even for me. I, I look at it as an even matchup at quarterback with Wentz leaning towards an advantage because he can run and make some plays um, because of the turnovers. Wentz, I, I feel more comfortable that Wentz won't throw a pick that and that Car- – um, Philip Rivers will. Yeah, and on the flip side, the Eagles have done a great job. Um, I'll include uh, preseason in this, but I think the Eagles have something like eight or nine interceptions in seven games, if you include the four preseason games and three regular season games. I mean, they're a team that takes advantage of the opportunity to pick the ball off. They had two last week against the Giants. Um, and you're right, Philip Rivers, I think he has four interceptions in three games. Again, facing some good defenses, but the Eagles have a good defense. And believe it or not, I'm going to say they have a good secondary. When you talk about the safeties, the way they've played, uh, I think Patrick Robinson has played very well. And Jalen Mills, I know people kind of say he gets targeted a lot, but I think he's played well. So when you talk about Wentz versus um, Phillip Rivers, I think you have to factor in the fact that, one, you're right, Rivers, Rivers is more willing to throw it up than Wentz is. I think Wentz has been very smart with the ball. Even though he has the pick six, both of his interceptions have kind of come on have come on tip passes, and he deserves blame for that. But in terms of decision-making, I think he's done a good job taking care of the ball and, and knowing where um, you know, knowing where to go with it, not putting it in, in harm's way. So I'll agree. I am actually going to disagree. I'm going to give the edge to Wentz here. I think he'll be able to make more plays with his legs. And I think – even though obviously Rivers has had the better career, I think if you're just talking about Sunday, I feel more confident that Wentz will take care of the ball. So I'm going to give the advantage to Wentz here. Where are you landing on it? I'll go Rivers, but okay. the, the, and part of it isn't just because you mentioned Sunday. It's not just their careers or whatever. It's just Sunday. Right. And you started this show with talking about all the Eagles injuries in the secondary. I mean, that that factors yeah. in how I feel about the quarterback matchup on Sunday. So where are we? You mentioned at the start, no Fletcher Cox, it looks like, but the, that which no, hurts the Definitely no Fletcher Cox, okay. definitely no Jalen Watkins, definitely no Corey Graham, definitely no Destiny Vail. It, in my opinion, just from talking to them, um, it seems like Rodney McLeod and Jordan Hicks will definitely play, though. Well, that's big because uh, yeah. the, the one touchdown last week to Sterling Shepard, I mean, that was it was just pretty clear. If, if Rodney McLeod's on the field, it's, it's probably still a you know 20-yard play, but that's, that's a touchdown because Chris Maragos just can't take yeah. that angle. Right. Agreed. And I will say that even though Fletcher Cox, I mean, 
I personally think Jordan Hicks is the best player on the defense, but I mean, I think public will say Fletcher Cox is, but if you losing Fletcher Cox hurts, but it would, it would have hurt a lot more to lose McLeod and Hicks just because of the, you don't have depth at that position. Um, I think the Eagles are pretty well set up to take on the loss of Cox just because I think Jernigan's been playing very well. Allen's been playing very well. And it'll be interesting to see how Elijah Qualls does in an increased role. I think he only played eight or nine snaps last week, but he did draw that big penalty um, on the delay game against the Giants. And I think he had a great preseason. So it'll be really interesting to see how the Eagles handle that. Um, all right. So we talked about that. Now let's let's talk about the uh, Chargers receivers. Um, and I'll let you start. But Chargers receivers, Keenan Allen, Terrell Williams. And then uh, I don't know who their slot guy is off the top of my head. I can't remember his name. But um, what do you think about the matchup of the Chargers receivers versus the Eagles cornerbacks? So they haven't really gotten much or anything out of Mike Williams yet, who uh, I know we talked a lot. Play, through- right. Right. In the lead up to the draft, you know, many of the Eagles would be interested in the kid out of Clemson who was a, a top whatever pick they had, seven or eight in the draft. I mean, if he was healthy and, and doing what people think he can do in the NFL, that probably would change my feeling. I don't think they're very good. I mean, the, the Giants last week have much better receivers. I think Keenan Allen's a good player, but where would he be on the Giants? Right next to Marshall as kind of a number two? Is he a lot better than Shepard? He's probably better, but I don't know if he's a ton better. I mean, he's not close right. to Beckham. Um this is, I think, a, a decent week for the Eagles to still have a depleted secondary. If they were going up against, you know, the Packers or the Falcons, I'd be like, man, they, they can't get through two games right. with all these injuries. Um, I don't I don't think this group's very good. And I think that Rivers and the it picks he throws, he tries to force things to them. I, they'll make some plays because the Eagles don't have a, a, a great secondary. And I'm sure they're going to target Mills. I'm sure you've seen the numbers. It's, it's crazy. And I, I agree with you that Mills is doing a decent job and – but it's like he's been targeted more through the first three games than any corner, I think, by but, but, a, a, but I think a large that's partially because of who he's covered. Sure. I mean, if you cover Odell for an entire game, like even if you're Patrick Peterson or Richard Sherman, you're still going to get targets. So yeah, they're going to throw that, at you. I think there's a little bit of a flaw in that in that stat just because he's always covering, for the most part, the team's number other number one receiver. And I think that's fair. Uh, but last week, I think the number was 20 or 20. Something like that, time. 21. Yeah, which is yeah. a crazy amount of targets. I, mean, I, I can't but. ever think of anything like that unless you're right. And I was thinking back, maybe a, a T.O. would get that many targets in a game. But that's, I guess, where Beckham. Well, they weren't all up. at Beckham. But, yeah, I mean, I just think, first of all, Jalen Mills on a larger scale. I agree with you. I don't think the Chargers receivers are that intimidating. I hear all the time how good Keenan Allen is if, you know, if he could stay healthy. But I'm not that impressed by him. So I think the Eagles secondary has the advantage here, even with the uh, even with the injuries on the uh, on, you know, at safety. I do, too. Uh, I think it's about even, though. I don't think it's an overwhelming advantage. And I, I imagine Allen's going to make a play or two. Um, but I, I saw you tweeting about him. I think I did over the course of the week. or Maybe it was Sunday. I'm impressed with Rasul Douglas, um, just the way he's coming. I heard Jim Schwartz talking about him this week and Doug. You know, who knows what to expect out of a third-round pick having to come in. And they didn't want him to play the first week. And then he's been forced in action because of Darby's injury. But he's he's played pretty well. And and we were talking earlier about uh, Philip Rivers and his pen, uh, you know, he throws interceptions. Uh, Rasul Douglas, dating back to last year in college on Sunday against Eli, he's the one I'm most confident is going to go make a play on the ball and, and actually take it away. Yeah, and the thing is, too, at this point of his career, and I'm not saying he'll never be able to cover cover speed, guys, but at this point of his career, coming from West Virginia, where he didn't play on the line of scrimmage a lot, and you saw him do that against the Giants last week, they really allowed him to play soft coverage. Um, but he had a good he had a good matchup versus Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall 
big guy, slow, physical guy. I mean, those are the type of guys Rasul Douglas is going to do well against. And he has that matchup again in Terrell Williams. I mean, Terrell Williams or Tyrell Williams is 6'4", um, not a speed guy. So I actually like that matchup as well. It'll be interesting to see if the Chargers move him around to try to get Rasul Douglas on Keenan Allen. But, yeah, I, I agree. I thought Rasul Douglas played well last week. Um, I'm not ready you know, say that the Eagles have their cornerback position fixed, but I agree. I thought he played very well. Um, before we go on, though, I wanted to actually throw this by you. So I was thinking about this earlier in the week. Week one, Eagles go to Redskins, open the season. Obviously, a ton of storylines there. Week two, Eagles play the Chiefs. The Andy Reid storyline, which I think is a little boring, but at least was a storyline, and the Eagles were 1-0. Then obviously, so many storylines week three. I find myself at practice all this week not really – do you feel like this is a game where maybe just the media and the fans are kind of like has a letdown written all over them? Or I mean, what do you think of this matchup in general? I feel like it's not an exciting matchup. Do it's you agree with that? Or? Yeah, it's nondescript. It's, yeah, and I think unfamiliar when, team. I think when you get out to the stadium too, that's gonna you're gonna have that feel more because it's a soccer mm-hmm. stadium. They don't have a really have a fan base. It's just a weird. It reminds me. It's weird. It's almost like mirror images. It reminds me of the Lions game last year a little bit in that. Uh, they were three and zero the bye, which kind of added to the the weird feel because it was a weird time for the bye. Right. And then with Detroit, you know, no one had a feel for yet, um, and they lost that game close. It's just weird. It's the kind of game that the, I could see them losing and just cut off the emotion from last week, and not enough emotion in this one. But also, I don't think the Chargers are very good, which which kind of right. adds to why I think I think they should win this game. Uh, we'll make our picks in a few minutes, but it's you're right. It, there's something. This is how you tell if, how good of a, a team this is, I think, because they're going to have to get themselves up for this game. And I, so I was listening to 94 WIP um, on Thursday, and Ike Reese was talking about um, when he was on the team, and he was obviously here for all those NFC Championship games and the majority of the Andy Reid era, how that team went from being a team that was on the come up to, you know, surprisingly made the playoffs to a team that became one that was expected to win and one that was every week you thought they had at least a good chance to win and they themselves expected to win. And he, he said kind of what made them think about themselves that way and what made them go from just a team thinking they can make the playoffs to a team knowing they're expected to make the playoffs was games like this. Games where it's not exciting, it's not, you know, there's not a ton of reasons to get worked up other than the fact that it's a game, you're on the road. These are the type of games, I think, really the next three weeks, the Chargers this week, the uh, Cardinals week after, and then the Panthers. These three games are going to be games when we look back in week 17, and we're going to be saying, are they a playoff team? Where are they? What's their seeding? Are they making it or not? We're going to look back at these type of games and say, how did they do in them? Because yeah. they, they have a pretty easy schedule coming up. Um, so I think the Chargers game, I agree with you. I thought last week's win against the Giants showed a lot about this team in terms of their development. And I think you can still talk about the Eagles in that way because they have a second-year head coach, second-year quarterback, not a young team, but when you're young at those positions, I think you're still kind of rebuilding. Um, and you learned a lot about them beating the Giants because not only did they win the game, which I thought was tough, they almost blew it, they came back and won. This, But this will be another week to really learn a lot about this team's ability to come up. And I think it starts with the quarterback position because Wentz won a lot in college, and you can debate the competition and all that, but he still – Wentz probably had a lot of moments like this where he went on the road against an empty in an empty stadium playing a team they were supposed to win. And I'd have to go back and look, but I'd imagine his record overall was was pretty good in those games considering he won you know three championships or whatever. Oh, I, I would have to think so. And, and I think right. Ike makes a really good point. And I'll tell you what, 
you, I think you're spot on with we'll look back at this game at the end of the season and that will give us a feel of what the heck week 16 and 17 is going to be. Are they going to be eight and seven and clawing to a tiebreaker and having to win out? Are they going to be nine and six and trying to clinch things up? Right. Um, I'll say this, Elliot. They were one and seven on the road last year. They're already one and one. So they could exceed their win total for the road game. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. Already they could do it on October, whatever that is, first on Sunday. Um, I'm looking at their, their schedule here. I know we're. we're I, I just pulled picture. it up too. Okay, so I think this is the easiest road game they have all year. And that's why I think they really, not that it's a must win or anything like that, but. Look, they already went to Washington and Kansas City, both tough games. They won one Great. of those. This is the remaining road games. I feel pretty good about the Eagles at home. Dallas, New York, always tough games. Uh, and Dallas, probably the next best team in the division with them. Seattle, almost an impossible game to win. Carolina, mm-hmm. although I don't think Carolina is very good, it's a Prime Thursday time. night. Yeah. And then Los Angeles, which I think we all probably would have said before the year, the Rams, that's an easy game. I don't think that's as easy anymore. They look much improved, and Jared Goff actually looks like he could play. Um, and that's after Seattle, which is back-to-back road games. I, I think this is, if they're going to be like a three and five team on the road, which I think is probably enough, uh, considering how good they usually are at home, this is one they probably need to get. Yeah, and I think even if you even if you just look at their games, not even just home away, but next few games: Charger, Chargers, Cardinals, Panthers, Redskins, Niners, Broncos. That's who they have before their bye. I mean, I'm not saying they sh- they should win every one of those games, but I can't look at a single game there. Because Broncos are at home. I think the the Panthers might be the toughest game. But you're right. I mean, they have now one, two, three, four, five, six games coming up. When we, when me, you, and Matt did the preview podcast, we said, all right, these first three weeks are going to be tough. Matt had him at 0-3. I had him at 1-2. and two. I think you probably had him around the same. Um, they got through it at 2-1. and one. So they're ahead of the curve in my book. But these next four or five games are really where they can kind of, you know, get to, to five and one, you know, six and two, that type of thing, and really kind of start their season off right because they, they should win a lot of these games. And then, as you mentioned, the second half of the, sco- the schedule gets a lot tougher at Cowboys. That, I think that's a tough one no matter what we think of the Cowboys. Prime time on the road. Bears, that's an easy one. But then Seahawks, Rams, Giants, Raiders, Cowboys, that's a brutal final five games. So they really need to rack up wins here against teams they should beat. So let's, all right, so we kind of went through it all. It seems like we're leaning Eagles. As I said at the beginning, I think I'm going to pick them. But let's start with you. Um, What's your pick? All right, so uh, the week started, and when the game ended last week, Elliot, I said they're going to lose next Sunday. I thought it was a tricky spot, the emotion. And then as the week went on, I heard Doug talking about last year, the Lions game, how they've learned from that. I think they have. And I'm done with calling the Chargers a good team that loses close games. I think it's gone on too long now, and the more I look at them, I just think they're a bad football team. I'll throw this stat out as I think you can know where my prediction's going. Um, The last 40 games the Chargers have played, they're 11-29. and The only teams worse are the Bears, 49ers, and Browns. People don't talk about the Chargers as if they're bad because they used to be good, I guess. And Phillip Rivers. And Phillip Rivers, right. Those other teams don't have quarterbacks. I think they're a bad team. Uh, I think it's not going to be easy. It'll be close. But I think the Eagles are just a better team, and I think they're ready to kind of take that next step and be consistent. So I'm picking the Eagles to win this. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Every time I've done a game-by-game prediction, um, you know, both when the schedule came out, before the season, right uh, before training camp, all that, I've always had this as a loss just because for all the reasons you kind of mentioned, I think it's just, a, it's just one of those games where it just feels like it'll be a loss. But the more I look at it and the more I, now that I've seen this team play for three weeks – I just, again, not to always come back to Wentz, but I just think with him as your quarterback, there's not going to be as many letdown games as there are with, you know, teams that, that don't have a quarterback. And I think they'll be able to run the ball, which is 
huge. I think Doug showed last week he's willing to run the ball. And even though it's a road game, and I think it's a little weird, Eagles are flying out on Saturday. Um, I just don't think the Chargers have that big of a home field advantage. Uh, Doug talked today at the podium about how he talked to some of the Chiefs coaches, and they said, I mean, the noise is like non-existent. So it'll be an interesting atmosphere. But the more I look at it, I just I don't think this team. I mean, they'll lose a game this year that they shouldn't. But I don't think this is it. I'm going to pick the Chargers. Um, I think I'm going to go Eagles 20. I'm not the Chargers. Sorry. I'm going to go Eagles uh, 27, Chargers 21. uh, And I feel I feel pretty confident about it. I'll go Eagles 24, Chargers 20. I'm not th- that confident because it's close and anything can happen in a close game and it's a tough one off of last week with the emotion. But um, I think the Eagles are going to win. And the, the one thing I think we both know, Elliot, it's probably going to be close because it feels like every fourth quarter the Eagles are close and every yep. fourth quarter the Chargers are close. That's true. And the thing I'll say too is, and you know, who knows how we'll feel after the game, but I think this would be a better win than it would be a bad loss. If they go out and lose this game, um, I'm not saying it's acceptable, but I'm, it, it wouldn't be a bad loss in my opinion, but if they go to the West coast, beat the chargers, go to three and one, I think that would really say a lot about where this team is. Yeah. I don't think it's an awful loss, even though they're all in three, because I mean, look at Vegas, they're saying it's pretty much an even game. Right. Uh, but yeah, the win would be bigger. Cause then it's like, you can start really dreaming three and one, the home stretch they have coming up, the soft part of the schedule. Uh, people are going to start really thinking big things if they do go win this game. Yeah. All right. Well, look, Joe, I appreciate you coming in and doing this. Hopefully Matt's enjoying his uh, his day in Cali. But before we before we check out, I just wanted to say to everyone, don't forget during the game to tweet us your takes. Hashtag the no huddle show and then email us the no huddle show at njadvancemedia.com. I'll tweet it out during the game as usual. In case you weren't able to write that down, but tweet us your hot takes. We want to know what you think of Doug's call. I'm sure everyone will be complaining about his job no matter what. So everyone, tweet us that. We really appreciate it. Go subscribe. And as I said, we're at 88 reviews. I really want to get to 100. Just personal goal of mine. I got to get to 100. So go in there and leave those five-star reviews. I really appreciate it. Joe, talk to you on uh, Tuesday for the uh, for the next podcast. Looking forward to it. Enjoy LA, and I'll talk to you Tuesday. Thanks, guys. 